Hello, and welcome to the Beautiful Business Podcast. Beautiful Business is a community for leaders who believe there's a better way of doing business. We believe beautiful businesses are led with purpose by people who care, guided by a clear strategy, and soulfully grow. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Beautiful Business Podcast. I'm Ewan Sang, part of the Beautiful Business team, and this week I had the pleasure of chatting with Pete Ferguson. Pete is a founder and CEO of Nemorin Film and Video and the former head of commercial video for The Telegraph. Nemrin Film and Video is a pioneering branded video production agency that creates premium, authentic, and impactful original content driven by best-in-class insight and strategy for organizations across the globe. In 2020, Nemrin joined the Emmy and BAFTA-winning Argonon Group of Companies, and their extensive global client roster includes NBC Universal, Expedia, Reach PLC, News UK, CNBC and Farfetch. We had a great chat and Pete shared some really interesting insights into his journey with Nemorin so far. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Let's talk a little bit about maintaining commercial growth. So in order for Nemorin to become a compelling investment opportunity for any investor, you must have demonstrated some sustainable commercial growth. So talk us through your approach to commercial performance at Nemorin. Perhaps as you approached the point of investment and certainly when you felt confident enough, I suppose, in terms of the business, to be able to take it out and speak to people about it. Yeah, I think the first thing you need to do if you're starting to think about M&A really is to be match fit for that conversation. So you need to read some books about finance. I'm not saying I actually did this, by the way. This is kind of retrospective advice. Read some books on finance, watch some webinars, I don't know, like read how to sell your company for dummies or a book along those lines if that doesn't exist. Because yeah, as I say, it can take you a couple of years just to be match bits in terms of sweating those numbers and making sure that you're looking as healthy as possible and understand the various terminologies and things like if you're paying yourself in dividends, which obviously lots of people do, what are the consequences in terms of how your the EBITDA is going to be calculated? Because things like that seem completely fair, like this is how much we're making. And this is how much I've paid myself in dividends. And then that can be a whole murky world. So yes, yeah, so getting your head around that is really important. And then after that, it depends what the deal is really. Are you on an earnout or are you earning bonuses and commissions? You know, how are you incentivized as part of the new deal, et cetera. Make sure there's a really good finance director, understand how the finance director works and even practical things like the software they use, like we use zero, like most agencies, our parent company doesn't necessarily use zero because the size of the business, I don't think zero is necessarily appropriate. So there's some practical things in terms of how you're actually calculating numbers to make sure the way we're looking at things matches with the way that you understand things. So it's a bit of a two-way conversation, which can take quite a while. And terminology may be slightly different. So there may be language that we use which is slightly different to the language that my colleagues use, but in essence, we're talking about something very similar and just making sure that you've got like the best team in place. So we've started using a recruitment company who are really good, actually. It's the first time we've done that. It costs an absolute fortune, but in return, you get actually a much higher caliber candidates coming through. So making sure that they're in place and then they've got the facilities and the software and the processes to optimize, you know, the commercials really, because you can't really operate in the same way as you did when you were starting the company. So it's making sure that you're having regular finance meetings and it's not just like the chit chats, there's an agenda and different people are accountable for different things. 
and different people are bringing different things to those meetings, whether it's weekly finance, monthly finance. And in some meetings, you may not necessarily need everyone or want everyone, or, you know, they probably don't want to be in all of the meetings as well. So being a little bit selective in terms of which meetings you have, who are in those meetings and who's bringing what into those meetings so you can actually understand what's going on in your business. So did you have an individual that was responsible for the business development, for the sales and things like this, or was that still kind of broadly on your shoulders? Do you know, we've never done that. That's weird, isn't it? We've never had anyone doing sales. Like we've experimented with it, but normally dressed up in account management. We've also never had a creative director as well. Anyway, we've now hired a brand partnership person and we have a creative director starting with us too. So yeah, it's quite an interesting one that we don't really have those roles. Everyone in the business is really commercially minded as well. So the producers know that you have to be nice to clients. They're always looking for opportunities and help our clients in different ways, which may obviously in turn help us to grow as well. So everyone in the business is entrepreneurial, which is good. And they know how much money they've got to spend on the projects, et cetera. But you know, when you start growing up as a business, you need to have like experts, you need to have like a really good salesperson because I can't do everything and doing lots of other things. And obviously I have sold things, but I'm not the salesperson per se. So you need to bring in someone who's just in charge of selling stuff and make sure they're hitting revenue, et cetera. Likewise with creative directors and other roles as well. So it just gets a lot more serious, but for the right reasons. So when you were going through the investment phase and you've gone through the DD and things like this, I'm just interested to know what were the commercial financial metrics that the investors paid most attention to or, you know, were most interested in? I probably can't speak too much about the specifics and so mm-hmm. on. I think in our particular instance, they were just really interested in having an agency in the group of lots of other production companies that only works in digital doesn't work in TV, doesn't really understand TV to an extent, likes TV, but doesn't really want to make TV shows and just loves working with brands. And I think that was, and obviously we had to, you know, we had to have revenue and there had to be some, you know, financial considerations and so on, which ultimately no one wanted to buy a dud. So there was a lot of due diligence from their side where, you know, we've presented really well, here's who we are and this is what we'd like to do. It's like, okay, yeah, that's really good. But now can you give us the keys to zero, please? So we'll just check under the bonnet. So they're checking to see what we were saying in our meetings was true. And I think pretty much they were, uh, you know, I'm not an accountant. So that was good. So they're looking to make sure that the business is healthy ultimately and which clients are the most regular, et cetera. So there's lots of cheap diligence from that point of view. But sometimes that's not the only motivation. Sometimes the motivation can be we can see exactly what you want to do and it's exactly what we want to do and we can facilitate you doing it if you want to work with us. And that was really good. If anything, that's almost like a, a better scenario in the sense that, you know, your ambitions, your goals, your vision are aligned and then it's just a case of making sure the numbers really work. Mutual. It yeah. was really mutual. Because we could have walked away and said, it just doesn't feel right and so we'll just mm. keep working on it for another year until the right opportunity comes along. Based on those types of conversations, Peter, it's almost like there wasn't like a, a winner or a loser in terms of the deal, you know, in terms of the valuation, in terms of this, that and the other. It was more a case of, yeah, we we should work together. It could be really fun. It could be really good. Yeah, it did feel like that. Yeah, we're just aligned. It's like, oh, okay, you want yeah. to do what we want to do, but 
yeah, let's just do it together then. That sort of makes sense. The other things that the investors looked at that weren't financial metrics, and I, I kind of listed some off there, like things like new business conversion rates, client retention rates, or award wins or things like that. Um, yeah, but, well, but, well, some of the people we were speaking to were looking at those things. And then the way I didn't really like that. It just felt a little bit too clinical. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't really like it. Can't you just buy into their dream? Yeah. yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I could already tell that it would just be a bit cold. Sometimes you just need people to go, okay, I can see what you need to do and let's just go through it. But yeah, there were lots of those conversations where it mm. was like, how many retained clients do you have? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, sure. But you mentioned that they were looking for a, a, quite a specific type of agency. You mentioned there that it doesn't do TV, it's purely in digital, things like this. So I guess from a lessons learned perspective, again, if you can almost see where the opportunities are from an investment partnership or an M&A perspective, and it comes back to what you said before about finding somewhere that you augment what they do as opposed mm-hmm. to just repeat what they do, that you're able to create value, innovation or whatever internally rather than just slipping into being another number or another production team or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the other good thing is they, to an extent, they value our expertise. Obviously, they're like going to ask questions and then challenge you if needs to be and so on as well. But I think it's important, well, for me anyway, still to have that sense of liberty and this is our niche and we live and breathe it and kind of bring ideas to the table rather than potentially have a clash. Like, oh, I don't think you should be pushing into Web3 or, you know, Web3's nonsense or whatever it happens to be, et cetera, because, yeah, that's kind of a recipe for disaster. So I think it's probably important for the other side to see that you're not burnt out and you still live and breathe the business and you're excited by the business, that you're open-minded to ideas and not stuck in your ways. I think it's really important for them to see that you're open to things like moving into a shared office together. For example, relocating, you know, if there was a push to move into the US, for example, what do we feel about that? You know, for us, that's perfect because digital video and working with brands is just global from the offset, always had been, and they have an office in New York and Los Angeles, so it's like simple, but they don't know that I think that they may just think, I don't know, I just, I don't want, I just want to focus on London. Do they think I've got like a can-do attitude, for example, and a positive outlook on life and how resilient are you? And you know, what are your thoughts about downtown in an economy? And can you be blinkered if you need to be blinkered, et cetera? How do you feel about working with other businesses within the group? You don't do digital video, for example, but would we be open to a co-production, for example? And absolutely, you know, with the right circumstances, definitely we would. There's lots of those conversations happening. Are we giving in terms of our leads? where it's something that we would be able to help with, but it could help the group, for example, or would be really guarded with that sort of information. So it's all of those sort of things like, okay, this feels like, just feels like it's the right person who would be adding value and has got the right outlook on lives. So I think that's probably the sort of thing. And I mean, most of it just comes down to personality fit, really. Do you have the same outlook on life? Thanks, Pete, for sharing your experiences and insights running Nemerin Film and Video and for telling us about the lessons you've learned along the way. Thank you for joining us for this week's Beautiful Business podcast. Beautiful Business is a community for leaders who believe there's a better way to do business. Join us next time for more interesting discussions on how businesses can bring about change. 
helping communities, building a fairer society and safeguarding the planet. You can also join in the discussion at www.beautifulbusiness.uk.